13th floor. Thirteenth floor. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Thirteenth Floor, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and I'm glad to be here with you on this lovely Monday evening. We got our BFBG on the podcast. Phase on. What's happening? I am happy to be back. Pardon my exodus last week. Um, you know, this weather going around in the, in the sixth season, both the boys happen to have uh, something at the same exact time. And when that happens in the house, you already know, hurricane season. So it was a little crazy, but I'm happy uh, to be here. Very excited and uh, very excited to see uh, Black Panther take another record for two weeks in a row of uh, awesomeness. Seven hundred man. We ready? We ready? We ready? <laughs> you late, man. You late. I'm too fresh. Always on time. What's happening, baby? You know, another just like Art said, another beautiful weekend. I actually had the opportunity to go out to the um art fair out and it's really a sidewalk. They they paint on the street or not even paint, they use chalk and make uh different pictures and sculptures. It's pretty awesome. Oh, so I got the, the opportunity to go out there with the fam. We actually went on Saturday and Sunday. We ran that thing on back because we wanted to see a lot of the uh, artwork actually completed. And one of those pieces, of course, was the Black Panther one. I'll go ahead and throw it in there right now. See that? Dope. Oh, we're going to be throwing all kinds of art in the podcast video today. Easy. Last but not least, our resident Coach K, what's going on? Nothing. Just, Just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, man. How was the weekend, man? It was good. I was at work. <laughs> but you enjoying the, the, the new fruits of your labor, man. You got a new position, new title, you know what I'm saying? All that extra responsibility. I'm not enjoying the fruits yet. No? Nah, man. Right now, I'm just digging a hole for a tree. <laughs> all preparation. That's all I've been doing. Yeah. Oh, oh come on, man. You got to enjoy it a little bit more than that. No. Nah. Uh, man, I just will be happy when I regain full control <laughs> of my schedule. There you go. That's, that's right. where it is. <laughs> that's actually very true, man. That transition is uh, is real. But, um, hey, before we jump into the podcast today, Carol, you got to bust us down or run it down for us this week. Um, that Black History Fact you have for us today. Ah, Black History Fact. So a lot of people out there probably think that Barack Obama was the first black person to run for president. Uh, I actually thought that's Dang, we just gonna uh, discount the bros. He is the fir- hold on, hold on. True indeed, he is the first to actually run um, and be elected. Okay. Quote unquote. Uh, if you go search in history, there's there's some people that they will challenge you with and say that uh, there, there's some black lineage in their blood. Uh, <clears throat> you also had Jesse Jackson, who was sometime in the eighties. I don't remember eighty yeah. four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to Jesse Jackson, you had Shirley Chisholm. She was actually the first African American that ran under a major party, which she ran under the Democratic uh, Party. Um, prior to that, similarly known as a comedian actress, um, the late Richard Dick Gregory ran for president in 1968. Mm. Almost won. Almost won. There was some controversy um, on election night. All of a sudden, um, <clears throat> for some reason, he was registering nine million votes out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and uh, if you let him tell it, 
um, he'll tell you that they were trying to rig the election and that election rigging has been going on since the beginning of time. And uh, if that would have went through, he became president. So they had to fix that really quickly and he ended up losing. Um, but then another, another fact that I found is the first African-American to ever run for president was in 1904. His name was George Edwin Taylor. Um, and he was out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, uh, at the time that he ran, he actually lived in, um, in Iowa. But uh, yeah, this guy, like, it's almost like he's been just erased from history. Uh, this guy actually used to share a stage with W.E.B. Du Bois um, wow. and those guys that were around during that time. And prior to looking it up, I had never heard of him. Wow. wow. That's pretty amazing, man. Could you imagine Dick Gregory as president, though? <laughs> hey, Nixon was in there. <laughs> but Dick Gregory, uh, in his old age too, like that's when I became. He was, he was young at that he point. Young in that video. Yeah, yeah, he was. So in that guy, video, he had hair. right? So I'm I'm talking about <laughs> Sorry, Dick Gregory. That the Dick Gregory that I know, though, because I was not you know privy to him in his younger years. But the Dick Gregory I know, the old you know very opinionated and sometimes senile sounding Dick Gregory. In the White House, at a younger age, I can only imagine it was amplified because he had the platform and the voice to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think he uh, he's actually has a lot of firsts. I think he was the first black comedian um, to be featured at uh, the Cotton Club. That's not the right thing. Uh, whatever Hugh Hefner was running, um, he was the first black comedian. Oh, in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. And the Cotton Club, one of them New York clubs, or yeah, like, Cotton, Chicago, the Cotton Clubs or in Harlem. Yeah. yeah. But yo, I I do I've been to that hotel. It's now called the Drake in Chicago, but that's yep. where the Pure Mansion was, and they hold their thing was there. And if you mm-hmm. go downstairs to that uh, bottom floor, there's like plaques of like Hugh Hefner's stairs and Hugh Hefner's stuff, all that. Wow, wow. There, but yeah, it was a lot of blacks that that was allowed. That was a point where blacks were allowed to go to like a mixed events, and mm-hmm. Hugh Hefner was one of the people who like pioneered that. It's okay, come on in. I welcome you. Yes. All right, a lot of people don't know that he was one of those people that was working in the integration scene. R.I.P. Hugh. Easy. Hey, man. Uh, well, I want to jump into this picture, Justin Richburg's picture. And I was p- pulling it up, and I realized that he just posted two new pics that are probably just as controversial <laughs> as the first one. But Fresh, can you throw that picture in here for us? Let it run. Bam. Bam. It's right there. So, I hear that this picture is like a week old or something. I saw it a couple of days ago. But the one I put in the group uh, with Allen Iverson and, you know, Martin Luther King, the Dice Game. Malcolm all of X. our Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, all of Oprah. our prominent. Mike Oprah, Tyson. Prince Mike Brock. Tyson. Barack Obama, Michelle right behind him holding the money. Uh, Kevin Hart. Hart. Kevin Hart down there with it looked like snow on his head. I don't know what. I don't know what that is on his head. Yeah, I don't know what that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, you got you, you got Charlemagne peeking out of the trailer, and then you got Tupac, Will Smith, and Black Panther. Look like they guarding the door or some junk like that. Don't but, forget Denzel. Oh yeah, training day Denzel now, not regular yeah. Denzel. <laughs> training day Denzel. So you got all these prominent figures, Rihanna in there, uh, and. I want to get you guys' reaction. And I don't know if you were like me where you had, I had like three different reactions when I saw it. You know, first and foremost, like I was appalled. I was like, oh man, this is trash. 
can't believe they got Aliyah's up there. But as I look at the artwork for what it is, a piece of art and an artist's expression, I didn't want to be too quick to judge it because there has to be some sort of intent with this uh, this piece. Now, granted, it's not anything that I would put on my wall, but after mm -hmm. looking at it, trying to dissect it a little bit, um, actually a lot of bit, I'm a little bit, a lot of bit much better, or, or I feel better about it. <laughs> But it's so that, that that's the that's what it takes me through though. Like it, it's crazy. I go through all those emotions even looking at it now. But I think that that's that's um one of the most intriguing things about the piece, right? Is that it it evokes so many different emotions, and it does ultimately achieve what I'm sure the artists you know look to to achieve with creating it. It definitely at first glance to me was. Like, ah, it's not my favorite. I don't necessarily want to to, to see, you know, all of our quote-unquote leaders shooting dice and, and looking like they're hanging out on the corner or in some back alley. But then when um, Omar, who was on the show, uh, shouts to O, he brought up the point of pretty much the OJ, story of OJ by Jay-Z, where it's the mentality of, you know, no matter who you are, this is still how they're viewing us, which kind of took it a step deeper for me and took it past just the face value of looking at our leaders, you know, shooting dice in the back alley. But then at the same time, in getting deeper into, you know, having a couple of days to digest it, I guess, I also see the relevance of in a sense, um, you know, bringing the leader down to feeling like they are also human um, in doing things that, uh, you know, you see in the neighborhood. Keeping it humble. Keeping yeah. it funky. What about you, Faison? I would just like to see it in portrayal of something that's historic and just replace the figures. I mean, does it bother me? It doesn't bother me, no. Would I promote it? No. Would I like buy it and put it in my house? No. But it's something to look at that's, I mean, it's there. It's not going to change my opinion on anybody, but I mean, it's a cool, the guy can draw very well. So that part artistically is great. I would just love to see like that one and then see another one below it with, you know, the different views of how people see us. That'd be kind of cool to contrast. Um, but I, mean, I have no opinion on it. It's, it's, it's cool. It's not blah. It's just blah. It looks good though. I mean, the visually, if I can remove the cash and the money, it would look like a really cool picture of everybody together. But he could definitely do something historic if he actually wanted to, like yeah. something prolific if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and he has a lot of other art, um, a lot of messages in his artwork if you follow him on Instagram and check out some of his pieces. Um, and those, the points you made fresh are, are valid. Um, another thing that I kind of got out of, out of it was the almost like not forgetting where you come from aspect. And then because that piece, the dice game, is something that a lot of us may not want to admit on certain stages or in certain uh, arenas or areas, but that's a part of the culture. Like I grew up shooting dice, I've seen it. Some people may not have, but I still feel like that's a part of black culture. And to see those prolific figures, those legends, those martyrs in that picture, um, still engulfed in something that is so close to a culture, it's almost humbling as well because I, I took it a step further to think that everyone in that picture, almost everyone in that picture, knowingly 
has something, you know, with them. You know, nobody in that picture is perfect. Nobody on the planet is perfect. Mm -hmm. And so, so to show them in that not so perfect light, but them still be known for what they're known for, they still accomplished amazing things. I kind of, I, I, I respected it for that, that reason. I saw two things. Uh, my first one was, um, there is a statue of limitation on leadership. And what I mean by that is that today's youth, millennial, if we want to label them, they can't really connect to the accomplishments of some of the folks in that, in that photo. Mm -hmm. um, and they might as well just be another, just another person that existed uh, because they can't connect to what their struggle was, to what their um, achievement, what it was that those people stood for because they're so removed from that. So they're looking for their new leaders now. So those leaders, as I said, you might as well just been shooting dice or whatever it was. My other interpretation is that, and I think Fresh mentioned it, no matter what you do or how big you get, you're still uh, looked at as quote unquote a nigger, pretty much. And you might as well be running the streets with Pookie and them because as far as we're concerned, y'all the same person. But coming from one of us, though, you still feel like that's valid because he drew the picture. So yeah, he drew he drew the picture. But if you look at the rest of his art and what his art, the message it's sending and the thought that he tries to provoke, you would see how that could be a message he's trying to put out there for us that, hey, no matter how big you get, you know, even with Black Panther being in there, it's like, hey, no matter what this movie achieves, they still gonna look at it as a bunch of black people in that movie. And there are people out there right now that one, they got issues with the amount of black people that were in it. Um, two, they're going to find some reason as for the success of it. And they're going to say that it can never, it would never happen again. And look, we'll see what happens. We'll see if things are created to kind of prevent something like that from ever happening again. You can't I heard, discount uh, $700 million though. I, I heard of um, actually Dre, one of our friends, went to go see Black Panther, said um, when uh, Claw was killed, that uh, two couples of white people walked out of the movie. <laughs> where where was this? What city? <laughs> Sunrise. Yeah. Was still down, down in South Florida. Florida. So Trent. they were just there for. So they just, they just only watched so like what twenty minutes. He was done in like the first thirty minutes. One more, it goes to the end. Did I right? Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad for them. They missed out on a great experience. So with this picture, is it detrimental, given that it highlights that? Mm, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think detrimental. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's detrimental. It's it's on the same line of. Cedric the Entertainer talking about Martin Luther King in Barbershop. Right. In Barbershop 2. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'd have to play the clip. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he said something like Martin Luther King was nothing but a pimp or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. said, uh, on, on the, along those lines. Uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, to me, it's, it's kudos to the artist because... For anybody to just be able to draw is one thing, but to draw a piece that can With then provoke, 
yeah, so so many different emotions. Because who knows? At the end of the day, maybe he that that was just a scene, uh, you know, of the back shot of poetic justice, and he just you know filled in everybody else and really had no thought at all of what was you know as provoking as it's become. But at the same time, the fact that it can be uh, a, a moment captured in time and, and still bring that many different pieces of emotion, that's, hey, hats off to them. Again, it's not um, the, the, the feature representation of, you know, <laughs> Black America. So I don't think it's a, a, a harm or an acceleration by any means. That's good. And I think, um, I mean, I love the, the conversation that it started and the it's so it's gone viral this dude went from like a couple thousand followers to like 60 in a day uh once i right. think shot one i just like i just <laughs> i scrolled down i was like yeah he's some cool stuff in here i can i can get some t-shirts out of this website <laughs> yeah man so i think um and the other thing so i was i saw a conversation within the comments on the picture and one of uh I guess it was a, a more conscious person or a more pro-black person talked about how detrimental it actually was. And, you know, he, he likened it to, can't remember exactly, but someone back in some his, historic time wrote some pieces that were basically um, derogatory towards Muhammad and the nation uh, or in Islam. Mm-hmm. And um, they, the the group, the, it, um, the Muslim- Or to Elijah Muhammad or towards no, 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 Muhammad? No. Muhammad. Muhammad, Muhammad, like the, okay. right. Um, and the, the Muslims were prepared to go to war behind that. And that was the, the sentiment of this person is like, we should not let people paint our leaders in such a negative light, no matter what the case may be, because we, they're, they're leading us. They're, they're at the forefront fighting for rights and things of that nature. Now, do you feel like that is the stance that we should ultimately end up having to garner the respect that we ultimately want from the other side. I I fall under the lines of while I believe that they sh- there should be leaders, I also like our leaders to feel human and feel attainable in the sense of that there will be leaders after them. I think a big, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I won't say a big issue, but an issue with the past is by holding people up on these super high pedestals and pushing them so far away from feeling that they're attainable. That's why we have an issue right now with who are the leaders and who are the ones who are supposed to be, you know, um, pushing forward the culture and, and, you know, the heritage and, and, you know, equality, who are those people? And I think it's because we push, you know, the, the perceived attainability of being that voice so far out that it, it, it got, um, on, um, it, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, sexy anymore. It wasn't something that people, you know, uh, attained to or thought was attainable. And so they've kind of shot away from it. I see it coming back around now when you can see so many schools, um, you know, repeatedly uh, walking out on class, you know, around this gun issue in Parkland, which it's amazing to see that that spirit is 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 you know alive and, and well and they're they're looking to push change and that's what brings me so much hope and and you know actual excitement that oh wait a minute they're they're starting to get it and not only are they starting to get it they're starting to demand it at, at such a very young age like i don't i couldn't i can't recall myself being that politically 
educated or involved in high school or middle school at honestly I don't think until I met Carol like like I could say I was really like ready to like do a walkout like until college and in in that crew I, I definitely can say while I, I I was aware I wasn't ready to be a part of the cause and I won't say necessarily right I just didn't have that around me you know what I mean so mm-hmm. coming to school in in being a part of like UBS, being able to um, have a lot more like-minded individuals in, in, I'm trying to think, what was the big, one of the big issues around then, Carol? Um, One that comes to my mind immediately was uh, they had leaked all of the background information of the black law students. Mm. They had leaked like everything, like your high school GPA, your GPA in undergrad, um, you know, all of that stuff, financial aid, like all that stuff got leaked. Really? Yeah. What was, what was the outcome? How do you have that? What was the outcome? I don't know if we ever figured out how it happened. Like they said, it was just some server error or whatever, and somebody took advantage of it. And they they actually published somebody in the law school published all the the, the black law students information. So it was everybody's information that was compromised, but this person decided to post all of the black law students. Correct. Yep. Sort sort and deliver. Mm-hmm. Correct. So we had a. Yeah, we, what was the response? Oh yeah, yeah. We we had some uh, rallies, I guess you'd call it some. Mm-hmm. gatherings over at the law school and people spoke and stuff like that so mm-hmm. basically just saying that look you know okay that's fine whatever but we're here now so now you gotta deal with it now you have to deal with us mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> excuse me I think Justin is gonna see a lot a whole lot of success because the man is very talented he can draw his, his behind off and some of the messages that he has in those those uh, those pictures those drawings is it, it, it's real life stuff amongst our community. So I wish him much success, man. I can't wait to hear him on uh, The Breakfast Club when Charlemagne brings him on or whatnot, because uh, he has to do it, I feel like. Um, but I do want to uh, go back to one of our quote unquote leaders. Speaking of. Yeah, yeah. one of our, our quote unquote leaders who is trying to push the culture forward in her own way, Miss Monique. Uh, I, I got an opportunity. Leader? To- Hey man, she's the most decorated female comedian. A legend. She's a legend. legend. Her resume speaks for itself. Let me get my light right. So we can talk about this legendary. Miss <laughs> Monique was on the Breakfast Club not too long ago. Uh, she uh, wanted to come in and put Charlemagne on a hot seat for giving her a donkey today, for giving her or, or for giving her the credit she deserved for her Netflix rant um, and all that it was. And she um she spoke out um, very freely about the whole Netflix deal, and she brought her husband slash manager on there to kind of shed light on a few of the finer details. Daddy. that <laughs> Shed light on some of the finer details of the deal that weren't uh, expressed, or we weren't privy to um, when she first made that whole video calling for the boycott of Netflix. And it was kind of interesting, interesting to see. Um, I kind of got a better understanding of where she was coming from Although I still don't agree with her method, I think the Netflix boycott was uh, was very 
very stupid, just to be quite frank. Um, but as a woman in Hollywood, and she talked about some of the reasons why she may or may not have been blackballed or whatnot, and the things that her and some of her predecessors had to go through, it seems like she had a legitimate like stance almost, but she just wasn't moving in the well, right in the right way. I think A, it's just like Charlemagne was saying, it seemed why and I, I hate sounds like good different. intentions. Yeah, she just, and, and it's just the way that she tried to play Charlemagne, right? No matter what we say, unless we're a hundred percent on trying to champion, you know, equality across the board, we're gonna sound like we're some type of, you know, chauvinistic pigs, or that we somehow have some type of, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, sexist point of view. And so it's it's, I understand where she was coming from in the point that she's trying to make. However, at the end of the day, Netflix, in in my eyes, it was about a job. And their only focus was on right now in the last, say, year. I we While, yes, you did a great show, two shows, standing ovation, amazing. But at the end of the day, we are only talking about these two shows right now. And right now, over the last year, I can see, just like we talked about before, Amy, Amy Schumer's social media is blowing up. I know that she's going to have a packed house. People are going to watch on Netflix and, and you know, X, Y, Z. Monique, unfortunately, while you do shut it down when people see you, I don't know that instantaneously I'm going to have the same hit that I'm going to have with Amy. So that was the only reasoning I saw as far as why she was not getting a huge check. But even to then point out the fact that Dave and, and Chris are getting the check. It's just a continuous circle, continuous circle of while I see what you're trying to point out, and yes, at the end of the day, that is true pretty much across Hollywood, you know, entertainment board, and it is an issue. I don't feel that it was like their intention the in that, yeah, the issue for what was going on. Right, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, even though I think maybe I don't know Hollywood numbers, I, the half a mil sounded a little low, given thirteen mil, twenty and twenty-four mil. You know that was and on the table. Again, I, I understand. Like, like you said, these people are selling out arenas. That's fair. That's by, fair. By themselves, and her argument was, "Well, did you ever hear about a tour called the Queens of Comedy? That was fifteen years ago." And, and again, and there were four of you. <laughs> not you just you by yourself it's so like Steve Harvey don't get up and talk about the Kings of Comedy and he was he was the host like everybody goes for Bernie on the Kings of Comedy maybe DL not saying that it's oh well that's my point is that who's who's doing it there's nothing to to stop you from reigniting the Queens of Comedy and being the you know dominating force and breadwinner for creating that tour and, and making it happen. And I definitely think, just like Charlemagne brought up, Tiffany Haddish, I think that she definitely can garnish that type of, you know, attention and check. And I think she actually She's just, on Saturday Night Live now, first well, female just, host. She just got she's check. Got, she just, she's getting a Netflix special. She said it wasn't, definitely wasn't the 13, but she said it's definitely enough that her family's going to be, you know, <laughs> So, but at the end of the day, I, I, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, uh, uh, um, 
a a true issue to me in even the way that she painted the story and saying, oh, well, you know, they didn't tell me why, like, to me, that's not their job. Like, they don't have to, it's not, it's not for them to say, right. I have to qualify and, and, and you're coming to them for a job interview at the end of the day. And it's not for that company to be like, oh, well, you know, you don't get to interview them all the time. Right. If, if you get about, it, you get it. Like, if not, you... Yeah. And she talked about, uh, what was that Christmas movie? Uh, uh, Almost yeah. Christmas? Or... Almost, yeah, that did, nobody did, saw. Did she write that? But it did numbers, apparently. I don't know. It, it cost mean, $17 look, million dollars to make, and it made $45 four. million. Yeah. So, and, I mean, that's... Yeah, she write that? And, and, I don't know and, what... I don't know if it was just her being a part of it. Yeah, that's what... Was know. like just being in the movie. Was she in the movie? I don't. She was in the movie. She was in the movie. I so think I'm it was just her being in the movie. But even uh, look, we all know and, and have in our family the strong black woman and the the overbearing strong black woman, where it's their pain is so um, on their their body that no matter what it is, it's almost like we have the militant, um, the super militant. Uh, black male cousin too, where it's just like everything is like, oh man, job turkey crack trying to you know come over on the same thing where it's you have that 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 really um, powerful black aunt or or sister who is just like, yes I yes you know there is racism out here, but I don't think because you got three chocolate chips on your muffin and I got four that you know there was racism going on in this moment you know what i mean like that's the way i feel no one's disregarding the fact that there is an issue in hollywood in in art you know with with racism sexism all of the above however i don't feel that that was the main issue right Hold on. okay before you jump in and we go off of almost christmas i just looked up the uh the idb whatever it's called um IMDb. Thank you. Uh, that cast supported itself. Nicole, Ari Parker, Monique, Gabrielle Union, Carrie Hudson, Danny Glover, Omar Epps. That was not a Monique carried movie. Nobody's worried about Monique. <laughs> that was a She's whole... a legend. Stop it. Yeah. That, yeah. She should look, look, that, I, saw, I was like, what movie was she talking about? And I happened to Google it now. And I'm just like, yeah, that she was. Yeah, she was just there. Look, I won't say she was just there because Monique is funny as hell. Yeah, when she's she in a, movies, yeah, she's she talented. She does her thing. She and wait, she wait, has wait, range. Wait, Brett. Wait, why is she funny as hell? I don't know. I guess because she's her. Like she, she. Why, like, why is she funny as hell? Because she reminds you of that old black auntie. Oh yeah, that comes around and talk trash about everybody. Who, yeah. who, who does that? That's not gonna get you. Uh, a thirteen million dollar Netflix deal. Well, so and that's the other thing. So not, not everybody talk, can relate to that. And I, I want to get off this. Hold on, this hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, before, go ahead, go ahead. Before, before we go, get off this, because see, <laughs> I, I got, I got big issues with it because Gorilla Carol, you came out there and you put out, you, you you put out this cause, but then you brought the cause narrowed down to yourself. Because it really came down to because it, it's only you. And you went on this man's show, refused to call him by what he goes by, which is Charlemagne. That was So you came in there with, with hostility already. And then she was down here today about taking women into the, the master's house. No, that shit pissed me off. I was. When you came back and got him, like, that, that was from a movie. That, that I shit mind. pissed me right. off. 
And then right. your, your whole thing is you mad at this man because he called you donkey of the day. You should be donkey of the decade at this point. <laughs> it's foolish to carrying on with because all the man did was call you a donkey. You were a comedian. A funny comedian. And people forget and, that at the end of the day, Charlemagne is a comedian at, in his own right. But even furthermore... But wait, wait, wait. But she made her whole comedic career calling people skinny bitches. <laughs> I am, I'm sorry for those of you out there that are listening with your kids, but I got to get this out. You, I actually went back and watched some clips that. from Queens of Comedy today. And she's... Oh, really? Skinny bitches are evil and yeah. need to be destroyed. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was her stick back then. And, and then, and then to further, so you you calling your husband now daddy, whatever, whatever. I think she had a different husband back then. Yeah. I think she remarried this yep. guy later. Yep. But this is how much you respect the black man is that you were like, oh, I'm the breadwinner of this relationship. So he does whatever I says do because he's a literate motherfucker anyway and an ignorant bitch. So that's how you talked about your man at that time. Yet you talking about Charlemagne disrespecting black women. And really, and he what are you doing? How many, how many skinny women did you give a complex? How many women are out there getting ass implants and breast implants because you was calling them skinny bitches back in the day? How did you contribute to that, to that body shaming, to that self-esteem? So, man, you need to go somewhere with that old 50-year-old just... Just because you in the medium size now, you're not quite fat. You're not she quite lost skinny. A lot of weight too. I you don't fit in Extreme amount. She of lost weight. a lot of weight, man. She looked good for a plus size one. But still, at the end, at the end you know, of the day, I ain't, I ain't buying what she's selling. You I know, know you're about to move still. off this because you, 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 you're, you want to keep on pace. But I just want to uh, end this off and with a woman to woman legend to performing. Um, Diana Ross, we say, is a legend. She, if she was going on tour right now, she opened an arena, she would not get the same crowd that Beyonce would get because there's the current, there's the current, and then there's past. Past legends go on tour, they sing all their old songs, people love them. But if she was on tour in the same arena as Beyonce, Beyonce get MetLife and she get the spectrum just because it's just where it is. So and I was hoping Charlamagne would say that in an interview, but he didn't say it. I'm like, he didn't have to. He kept on trying to keep it as as simple yes, as she did. kept on. She kept on trying to draw. Oh, will you call me a donkey? And you still haven't. You know, you're gonna have to oh, fess me. up on on why you, why you call me a donkey. And he's like, he said why he did. He not, did. It's not, it's not complex at all. Like I called said, you a donkey. Said, well, hey, I'm just trying to understand why you thought you should command more money. Period. <laughs> and, and she <laughs> continued to dodge. She never answered that question. Well, I think. You asking disrespectful questions, huh? Or she, or she, Angela, ask that question to yourself, right? <laughs> and it's crazy because I really feel like it's because she is like she's older now. She obviously something. Yeah, I mean, she wears the grays gracefully and everything. You know what I'm saying? With her nice little slick back ponytail, whatever that bun thing it was called, or whatever. Bun. So she's she's older now. She feels like that she is the legend that she is and she's on a certain level and she doesn't have the humility it takes to be in that position um she she talks like she's old she's owed something and i understand that as a woman in hollywood you've had to scratch scrape and claw for everything that you've probably received over the amount of years you've been in hollywood and even today you're probably still working but you can't feel so entitled 
especially when I go to look up your concerts to see, okay, everybody that's getting their money is because they went on tour or whatever. I go to look up Monique's shows. She got three shows in May. She got three shows in September. And then I think a couple of shows in November. But she said that's because she's blackballed. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. In that interview, how come she never mentioned Whoopi Goldberg? Oh, she did not. Whoopi she would not. And Whoopi gave it to her on The View. Whoopi gave her the business on The View. And as listen, as far as I'm concerned, as long as Whoopi Goldberg's alive, you, you can't claim to be... And yeah, she, Whoopi, Whoopi has, like, the other awards everything. that... Whoopi she has doesn't. everything top to bottom. Like, there is nothing she can say that she has on, on Whoopi. Like, that was the best bomb drop to ever just be opened <laughs> oh up because she cannot say... Whoopi Goldberg has gone from a real, like, true comedian to, like, a real, true dramatic actress to, like, a real, true talk show host. Whoopi like, Goldberg oh. did so good that she got a Jewish name. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we all agree that Monique is out of her mind when it comes to this Netflix situation, even if Netflix was trying to dog her in contract negotiations. Your body of work Look, I, I don't want to say Monique is out of her mind. I don't want I, I absolutely to cast that. into that that um you know Jedi mind trick space uh where now we're gonna have a legion of um females telling us that we are you know sexist or don't understand. It's fine, come on I, the show, I, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I see where she is coming from, however, I do not agree with her methods. I can tell you now she ain't coming on here because and I feel that Netflix is, uh, you know, 100% in their uh, right to go ahead and charge whatever they feel for a special because I'm sure they are basing it off of some very aggressive metrics. And um, as most probably don't know, Netflix is actually a um, in the red business. Like they are like like negative like a couple yeah. hundred Because they have to spend dollars. so much money to get Oh, they spend crazy money to keep this thing going. Yeah. But another uh, business tip for you guys out there, membership subscription businesses. If you can get subscribed members, you can get money. Um, Dollar Shave Club, I believe they got up to something like 40 or 50,000 members and were able to be sold for a couple hundred million dollars. So um, definitely yeah, is, figure out some way to get people to uh, tune in and subscribe to Whatever you're peddling, you got the opportunity to make some bread. Yeah, there's this watch club that I'm trying to get in, that what I'm thinking about getting on. Uh, hey, subscription well. clubs right now are booming from clothes boxes to trinket boxes, just like you're saying with watches and other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they have nerd boxes, they have something for whatever candy, anything. <laughs> nerd uh, boxes. I mean, everything. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not even joking. Like, literally, it's called like the nerd box where every month you get like. Uh, you know, little game trinkets and, and you know, cards yeah, from yeah. Garbage Pail Kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So going hey, back to Monique. Hey, if you want to have a um, subscription to slightly used clothing, uh, we we might consider you being a sponsor on the show. Listen, man, this, is, this is like premium, sweated out, fresh out the gym cloth right here. I, mean, I can send that to you. I won't wash it. It'll be in great condition when you get it in the mail. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah. So and, you can, and you can even lie and tell people you went to the gym because it already smells like the gym. See? Facts. Winning. 
the reason I did bring up Monique, not so much to get onto the Netflix situation, but the fact that in all of this, in her blackball situation, uh, you know, her going crazy with Netflix or whatever, Black Hollywood, though, has been fairly silent about it. You know, the movers and shakers in Black Hollywood. And I wanted to ask the question, is it, or can we hold our legends, and I use the term loosely in this, you know, speaking to her, but she is trying to move things forward, just not in maybe the right way. Can we hold our public legendary figures accountable, or can we hold them accountable publicly? Because it sends some sort of a bad message to those that we may be fighting against when it comes to those in Hollywood or people in, you know, our, our jobs. Can we hold each other accountable in a public light? It's just like Ian said, we all got that relative in our family that they're going to show up to the family function. You already know there's going to be an issue, but nobody's going to go tell that person anything until it gets to the point where there's the issue. issue, And you already know. And and, and here's my thing. Okay, you got problems with Oprah. You got problems with Lee Daniels. You got issues with Tyler Perry. Mm -hmm. You got issues with Whoopi Goldberg now. You got issues with Ebony Magazine. At some point, when does it stop being everybody else and it's you? That's a, that. Look, being um, being a leader is is all encompassing, and it also falls on the weight of the person that you're asking to lead. There are many, you know, artists and stars that people look to for inspiration and and try to make them a leader that don't want to take that position. So I think while yes, we need to hold them up, it's also okay for them not to feel the need to accept that role that it's not it's not for everybody like you look at a lebron james he's willing to take on that role whereas um you know just random but demarcus cousins is not you know in the forefront necessarily of you know speaking out against injustices not to say that he's not as you know active and as strongly passionate about it as LeBron is, however, he just doesn't have, he's not the same in the forefront. He doesn't want that same light um, shined on him. But I also feel that it's, it's, Monique is crazy. <laughs> no, now she's crazy. And, it's, and I mean, it's one of those things where it's, it, it, you, you can see and understand that it's people are almost sick and it's the, uh, again, the, Nobody's saying she's wrong, but everybody but this, gets but tired is, of that family member where it's like, look, I'm not telling you that she's wrong because she went ahead and tried to go off on somebody for them allegedly throwing the check. But do I also feel that maybe it was somebody handing in the check and, you know, was frustrated about something else and, you know, didn't do it. You know, I don't I don't necessarily if they care if they, you know, toss it over and like here because they had to go and do something and she went ahead and decided to exaggerate it and take it all out of hand, which was very prevalent in the interview of seeing her, you know, be able to take one little word Charlemagne did or did not say and all of a sudden, oh, see, you don't you don't think that black women have ever struggled in uh well, no, that's not at that's all not, what I said uh, <laughs> or what I'm trying to allude to or by any means that I can see that happening on many occasions and it get to the point where just like Carol said, it's how many times can it always be them? Why, how are you always the victim? Not to say that your ultimate goal of what needs to, you know, what issue you think that you are solving. Yo, I'm trying to have equality for all workers on here. And I think that everybody, whether they pick up napkins 
or you know they're running the camera they should all be treated with respect you were correct however i don't think that she necessarily tossed that trick with you know true hatred and disintentions it was you know something happened and even if so man she got that check oh they flew her coach instead of first class down to the like this is not the 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 issues that me as a a, a joe regular guy can you know champion where it's like yo i understand and yes they could have flown her first class i don't know the dynamic of you know all of that but they flew her there she got there did her stuff get there you know like i understand oh well you the level yes but if you're if you're a jerk sometimes you get treated the way jerks <laughs> get treated you know what i mean where it's like no i don't want to go out of my way for you i don't want to feel that i'm doing you extra favors because i feel like you're a jerk and you're you know you're annoying like yeah you're funny on stage but you're kind of a jerk behind closed doors i don't want to deal with you but is it okay to have that conversation publicly is is where I'm going because it's like when we have no, man, I, I mean look uh, we probably trying to keep it in house but who's the one letting it out of the house she is you didn't hear Oprah say anything you didn't hear Tyler yeah, Perry say anything he puts it out there, you didn't hear yeah. Roland Martin you didn't hear any of these people say anything about what was going on until she said something that's fair I'm sorry, Monique. I tried to help you out, man. I tried hey, to throw you LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Speaking of LeBron James, man, I'm glad you brought that up. What y'all thinking of new look calves, man? Hey, um, <laughs> I'm I'm always excited to see some good basketball. I see that they feel. Uh, I feel like a lot of the pressure that was in that that locker room has been relieved, and they're kind of back on that um that fun league type feel. Where they just out there playing uh we'll see where it takes them you know i never i will never ever go against the king like as far as just totally count him out and like feel the warriors are just going to totally dominate and there's no way uh, i feel like this is nba basketball and any given day you never know who's gonna come out on the end of that w nah i definitely had them counted out until they made that trade and trades at the trade deadline because uh, now that they're much younger and much longer and they can shoot for real, <laughs> uh, the Warriors got some uh, got some things coming. I thought the only team that could possibly beat them was the Thunder because they play with so much emotion when they do play. Uh, do you, and, don't, you don't like the Rockets? I don't think the Rockets One, can. Two, can three, Rockets. I don't know, man, because, I mean, you want to run and gun. And James Harden, like, he's good in the regular season, but he hasn't shown me anything in the postseason, bro. Nah, when he's great in the regular season. If Run out of gas. something in the postseason, that'd be um, worth watching. I mean, and that's really what his challenge is now is to be able to show postseason that, okay, yes, I can really take this weight because it, he's not good during the regular season. That man is amazing. Like, the, <laughs> the, 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 the shots that he makes in the, the space that he creates and how he does it, I get that man all the props because his he does not have the look of in like the like he looks like he's lazy and at the strip club all the fucking time. Excuse he does. me, you know, but <laughs> he, does. he is out there in the, the the moves that he makes, how he's doing it, the the back step that that back step is killer, like disgusting. 
I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know if the Rockets can do it. I am fairly surprised to see him and Chris Paul gel the way that they did over the season. Um, and I definitely think that the NBA just really, really got a lot more interesting over this uh, this past season. The trading deadline, yeah, right there for the um, for All Star Weekend and trading deadline and all that stuff. It there was a lot of shakeups in the league that have uh, definitely been for the best. Yeah, man. Yeah, a lot man. of excitement. NBA, uh, it's fan. <laughs> We're gonna keep that energy, man, and stick with you, man. Before. We'll be um if you guys want to sponsor some podcasts or whatever. Yes, please. We're here. Shoot the letter out. Phase on. I mean not phase on, I'm sorry. To fresh. Crypto fresh, man. I need that bitty for the week, man. What you got for the people? What is going on? You man, I, I won't lie. I'm feeling extended on my um, investment opportunities. There's so many different opportunities out there, but I feel like my cash is, is you know, my my investment funds have been strapped to, you know, pulled to the limits. So I've, I've been kind of sitting back, patiently watching um, in amazement a lot of things that are going on in the space. Bitcoin, again, has been making that climb back up, which everybody was scared whether or not we were going to get past um, $10,000 uh, prediction by Cliff High. If you guys remember me talking about this guy a couple weeks ago, uh, big time influencer in the crypto space who checks out the pulse of electrons and, 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 and digital social media and all other kinds of cool stuff that somehow relates and he can tell the pulse of um, pretty much online activity has predicted that we will see it around 13 grand uh, come this week pretty much because he was predicting that for the end of the month so I'm fingers crossed that we're going to get back up there because if that happens I'm going to wrench some stuff around and do some reinvesting in some other new places so um, be on the lookout to hear about a new coin come next week because uh, it's going down crypto freezing we in the heat diversification make it happen phase on our resident BFBG what you got for us this week for Arts Corner Anyway, after all the talk that's been going on and all the, you know, blaming and, you know, they didn't give me this, they didn't give me that, I, I had to think of a good one. So stop blaming others. Take responsibility for every area in your life. Monique. <laughs> <laughs> that's so hard for people to do, man. I feel like once you start it doing it, it, it's really hard. Like, it is. Really that hurt. That personal accountability will change your life, man, because you start, you just start making moves and not worrying about everybody else. Nobody, you don't have these external factors that's uh, bleeding into whatever move you, you feel like you make. You make stuff based on you and that's it. Yeah, you can get much further if you would just look at what you did wrong and go, all right, I'll fix that. Versus, versus passing around on somebody else and then blaming, blaming, blaming. Or lying nope. and getting caught. It's even worse. The lie just builds and it just builds and it builds. And I'll tell you a story once we get off here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Before we go to Coach K to close us out, man, I want to remind everybody you can catch this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. We got the videos up on YouTube, Facebook, catch the snippets. You can catch us on all social media at 13th Floor. Please get connected, uh, stay connected, stay subscribed with us. So you get all the latest going on on the 13th floor. Uh, you can check out Carol Kadayo LLC coming soon. Mm. You got Jay Dace Encourages going on right now with the Try for 52. Mm. You got, uh, what else we got going on? 
Oh, I just dropped a new mix, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all go to SoundCloud. That's right. If y'all Pharrell, please uh, go and check out Take One, The Groove. Um, I'm going to put it splash. Boom. You see that? Amazing. Right there. Y'all make sure to go to SoundCloud. Search for Barry B. Fresh. You'll find a picture of me and Pharrell cartooned up. Make sure to check it out. Listen to other. That was pretty cool, by the way. Oh, you like that one? Thank you, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fresh yeah. stay with the new hotness, man. I don't know where he gets it from, but easy. Coach K, what you got for the people? Uh, look, man, I, I wish we'd have let Faison go right now because that, that was, was it. That was good. <laughs> uh, I, I will say never self-inflate yourself so much that now nobody else can connect with you or understand you because when you, when you do that, there's no help. There's no help for you. If you, you, can call, you can call daddy. That daddy. Go ahead, tell you him. Call, daddy. You, you can call daddy who, you know, daddy's going to roll with you because you're the breadwinner. You're the breadwinner. <laughs> so daddy's not going to say anything against you. But real talk, man, just always be self-aware. Be, just know what's going on. If you for a cause, be about the cause. Don't, don't be about the cause because you're going to backdoor your way into the benefit of the cause. He was already he was almost on the other side of the fence, man. If y'all listen to that interview, like you kept on s- seeing the points that Charlemagne was making. I was almost ready to see. Yeah, he was like, You make yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But well, uh <laughs> but I'm not gonna dare go against Master. <laughs> <laughs> probably got beat up when she got to where he was. That's it. That's why Yo, he after that stuff she pulled at the end that of that was show. He got choked up in the car. Downstairs and it <laughs> right. Come up upstairs. Hey man, we up out of here. Thank you all for listening with us here on the 13th floor. But the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. The 13th floor. floor. The 13th floor.